The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I am Dude Two, Joe. And welcome everybody to the show. Uh, This is part two of the 2022 Halloween season here on Two Dudes, One Double Feature, in which we dedicate an entire month to spooky films. And we got a fun pairing for you guys this week. But before we get to that, do to how are you? <laughs> I'm fine-ish. You know, it's Ish. kind of it's kind of funny um, because the last time we recorded was not that long ago, but before then it was a while ago. So it is a uh, you know, <laughs> it's. Uh, on the plus side, a lot a lot has kind of happened since we got back from Disney, so I'm sure there's something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to see Gifford and Feehan soon, which is nice. Um, and, uh, you know, not not much <laughs> else. is just, just busy, you know? It's just work, which is fine, but it's just, uh, just a lot, you know, but... Got Columbus Day. You seem frazzled. A little bit, a little bit, a little frazzled, but you know. I'm sorry. It's it's what it is. It's what it is. Sadly, it doesn't it doesn't have to be though. I don't want you to be frazzled. Mm. Doubt. <laughs> don't don't want no frazzled on the Joe Dinny Dan. Uh, it's a frazzle frazzle dazzle day. You know, uh, definitely uh, definitely the lyrics from the uh, razzle dazzle day from uh, Pete's Dragon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a razzle dazzle than a frazzle dazzle. Maybe maybe one day we'll get to know what that feels like. Um oh, you know what I did do, actually? There is one thing that happened. I finished the original Twin Peaks series. Oh. That's pretty cool. I know you've been excited to watch that. Now you got what well, you gotta watch the movie now? Uh yeah, I started the movie today. Um and then after that I have the uh Twin Peaks the Return that was on uh Showtime. You know, I think that's 18 episodes. So once I do that, uh, that's that's the main thing, you know. Uh, but I've been, I've been enjoying it. I think the thing I really like the most about it are just the characters. Like, nobody's just, like, a carbon copy of another person. It's just, like, everybody's, like, a weird, unique personality on that show. Uh, of course, you know, cast led by uh, Kyle MacLachlan who's who's terrific as uh special agent uh dale cooper i'm mostly familiar uh with his work in the flintstones movie as uh the main bad guy <laughs> i um i see before that this i think he was because my mom watched uh, watches uh Se- sex and the city i think he was some somebody's boyfriend at one point on that show was he part of the sex and the city uh, perhaps who knows man who knows what was going on there but 
And then I also know him from, of course, Dune, because he was Paul Atreides um, in the 80s Dune. Timothy Chalamet before Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I'm, I'm doing okay. How about you? Um, yeah. I can't say I'm frazzled, thankfully, but I'm sorry that you are. Today I was supposed to try to get my flu shot, but I didn't realize I had to get it scheduled, so that's my fault. But I did schedule my, uh, a week ago, I I had scheduled uh, the new booster shot for the Omicron booster that they just got out. So I uh, got that, and then the next day I was pretty knocked out. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad I got that, so now I just need to get this flu shot taken care of at some point. I got it scheduled, so that'll be, I think, Sunday when I'm going to get that mm-hmm. done. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just used to, like, walking in, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of traffic with the, the new COVID booster, so it's like, it makes sense just to schedule everything. So I probably should have thought of that ahead of time. Uh, other than that, nothing overtly exciting either has happened has <laughs> happened to me i've just you know watched a bunch of movies um got some you know new movies uh in the mail that i ordered uh yeah <laughs> uh it is it is just like there's not a whole heck of a lot i think the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the last few days was when i got my uh when i was going to get my uh covid booster on Wednesday last week, uh, I was sitting and waiting and there was this old guy who was sitting like on the opposite end of me and he kept like, he seemed like maybe he was just upset because he was like, he, he had his, his shot or a shot or something scheduled at three thirty, and it was like three twenty or something. And I had mine at three o'clock, but I hadn't gotten mine yet. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like have a panic attack because i'm late to getting one thing or another it's just what it is you know they're busy at the pharmacy um but like he starts he starts asking me like uh so what uh what what's uh what what, what's your what are you here for what's going on i'm like i'm just getting a shot he's like oh what what time are you scheduled i'm like three o'clock he's like three o'clock it's 3 15 so you're you're not getting it right now are you i'm like no, they're they're probably busy. He's like, well, you, they don't look they don't look very busy. I'm like, they they got a lot on their plate, so you know, I'm just I'm here at the very least. He's like, I was, I'm supposed to get by to three thirty, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> and, and this goes on for like hour or so. At least it feels like an hour. I <laughs> it's probably like ten minutes at best. Um, but he keeps doing this, and I'm like, I'm not a listen. I'm not a people person. So I don't, I get paid to be a people person. That's the bet, like, as far as that is concerned. But as, but when it comes to actually talking to strangers, that's not me. I just, I like, I just leave people alone and they leave me alone. And that's how I like it. Which is so funny because you seem like such a personable person. (laughs) It's ironic, isn't it? It kind of is. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, it's like, people are always surprised. I'm like, no, I don't like talking to strangers. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I'll I'll talk to some people if I have to, but usually I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. But you know, this guy keeps talking to me and I'm like, I don't I don't really want to talk to him, but I'm not gonna be rude. But his wife, my hero, as I like to call it, kept coming in, um, cause she's taking care of everything because he's just sitting there. Yeah. Um she kept coming over and going, Shut up. 
<laughs> Shut up. And he and he would be like, What? He'd be like he'd be like the wolf in uh, uh Shrek. Shrek. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and she's just kept going, Shut up, okay? Just shut up. <laughs> See, at this He's like, point, I'm just asking. At this point I'm just imagining this guy that you're talking to is just a uh, cross dressing wolf at this point. I would have been entertained by that if that was the case. <laughs> I feel like you would have struck up a conversation at that point. I would have been like, "What's up, my guy?" It's like, "How's it going?" It looks nice. Hey, you look nice. Is that a, is that PJs? PJs. <laughs> uh, but I fi- once I finally got my shot, he was like, "Oh, you're getting it now? It's it's three twenty. What happened?" And I'm like, "You know," and <laughs> and his wife would just again be like, "Just shut up, okay? Just shut up." <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I was like. I, I literally wanted to go up to her and be like, thank you. But I feel like that would be a dick move, admittedly, so I didn't do that. She's like, now, and she'd be like, now, wait a minute. I know, I know what he is. That doesn't mean you get to say that. <laughs> it doesn't mean you get to come in here. It's like, nah. But in my brain, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, but I got my shot, and I was happy to get it. So mm-hmm. now I just need to get this other one. Um, but... Other than that, no, I'm actually kind of excited to talk about these movies. Um, one of them is a movie I've never seen before, and one of them is a movie that we both have some nostalgia for. I think you more than me. This is this feels like more of a Joey episode than anything, but I'm okay with it. That. It, it is. I mean, that happens sometimes, though, where it's like it, yeah. it leans one way or the other. It's like, listen, buddy boys. Like, next week is going to be more <laughs> of a Richard episode. Um, yeah, that's, that's which, a give and take. It's it's just part of the programming that we do here on Two Dudes. There are two dudes on this show. Mm-hmm. That was no, it was funny. I was I was talking to my mom the other day, and or I forget. I think it was my mom, but uh, we were talking we were talking about like how we come up with the double features. It, it was probably my mom actually, mm-hmm. and um, she was like, "You pick the movie. You pick the movies, don't you?" I'm like, "No, we pick them together." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's how it works. Like, he picks one and you pick one. I'm like, no. <laughs> we just say, hey, this would be a cool double feature. And then she's like, that's not how it works. You're, it's it's your I'm like it's our show though, ma. It's our show. <laughs> like it's it's one of those things where like nothing gets on no, no movie gets on the show without the other one giving the okay. Yeah, we we ask for film consent. Yes. Uh, which is why Joker and Boyhood will never be on our show. <laughs> It'll never be on our show at any point. <laughs> see if Joker you can guess. Hood, uh, hashtag. <laughs> see if you can guess which one of us likes which film. Oh, uh, brother! Jokerhood. All right, but we're not. We're not. We're not talking about either one of those today. We're because um, Boyhood is not a Halloween or horror movie, but for Richard, it is a horrible movie. Oh man, really. <laughs> I, I'm terrified by this boy growing up. He's terrified by L.R. <laughs> Coltrane at various ages of ah! his life. See, you said his name! <laughs> you know, to quote, to quote Ethan Hawke in that movie, life don't give you bumpers. <laughs> I I, life just crawl, goes bump in the night, I guess. In any case, um, something went bump in the night for a few of these characters uh, in this film. This is, uh, both of these films I hold dear to my heart, but this one especially, um, so this half, uh, specifically, I'm de- gonna dedicate to my dad, because this was one of his favorite movies, um, 
This movie uh, is is the 1948 horror comedy Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Man, you just did it. You just did like the cool, di- coolest, nicest thing. Now I can't say anything bad about this movie. No, you can. You're allowed to. <laughs> no, it's not. It's gonna. No, it's bad. R- Richard, <laughs> if, I'm able, if I'm able to say uh, Batman Returns is mid, you can say things. <laughs> but I'm okay with you that you think it is just middle of the road. <laughs> We've talked it. We let, let, all right. We've talked about this. So it's let's fine. Uh, let's talk about the background of this. Obviously. Um, you know, if you know me, you know I'm a huge Universal Monsters fan, which this this guy does. If you don't know that, um, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> surprise! Um, surprise! Uh, I like the Universal <laughs> Monsters. Uh, a lot of the tapes were left behind by, by my dad when he when he passed. Um, and so there's all, all these iconic images, of course, of like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Bride Frankenstein, the Wolfman, Frankenstein and Wolfman meeting up with each other, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but one of his favorites, uh, was Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein, um, which I don't, we might've lost that tape, which really upsets me, but I do have one of my favorite pictures. I might post it on, on the socials. Um, I do have a picture of him like getting that tape for like his birthday or Christmas or something. Like he just unwrapped it. I unwrapped it and you know, he's holding the tape. Um, and that's cool. My mom got me the, the DVD and I remember getting it for my birthday or something and I'm like, uh, I remember seeing it because I was I I just binged all of the Frankenstein movies and a, a couple of the other monster movies. I was collecting those legacy DVDs, you know, from mm-hmm. when like Van Helsing came out, and that movie I was just like laughing my ass off, <laughs> and um, it was just it was like just it was a cool like you know felt closer to my dad kind of thing. Um, but you had never seen this movie, no, <laughs> I, I never did. I knew it existed. Like my like my dad. This is definitely like when I think of Abbott Costello or like Three Stooges. I think of dads. I feel like that's like a dad thing. You know, it's just dads like those things. They like mm-hmm. people getting slapped around or like like grown men sort of acting cartoonish, which is understandable. It's funny. Yeah, it's understandable. But I had never. I I knew this movie existed. And I, I figured at some point I was going to watch it because I knew, especially once we started doing this, I was like, I'm going to end up watching it. And I had no like, like dissatisfaction towards that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to something new. It, it's like you with all the Batman movies. Like there's just like some things we're just going to have to like cross some off. Things just going to have to have some things that are just going to be just off the list. Yep. Um, so and and obviously, like with the second movie, you know that was one we've been trying to figure out a way to get on the show for a while. So this just seemed like it made the best sense, and it does, uh, especially after watching it. Um, but I don't. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I've seen that's like this. Because I mean, I've I, I'm familiar with like like I mentioned Three Stooges. Like I think that's as far as like old comedy bits. That's probably the one I'm most familiar with because I didn't really watch like the Marx Brothers. I didn't really watch Chaplin. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you see. I know you've kind of de- uh, dived uh, into into that material. Um, I am curious though, like how much of Abbott and Costello's stuff were have you like consumed? Like, com- especially in comparison to Chaplin and the Marx Brothers and all those guys. Well, with with. Well, Marx Brothers, I've seen, I've seen all of their like features that they did together, and some clips of um, what was um, what was Groucho's show? Uh, you, you know, 
you bet your life or whatever. I forget what it was called off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, I've seen basically all of Chaplin's movies. Um, I don't rewatch all of them because he did like zillions of shorts. And Abbott Costello, I have their entire television series on DVD. Um, and the first thing, the very first thing that I ever bought with my own money from working a job um, was the Abbott Costello Universal DVD collection. If it was anything else, I would think you're not a, you're not Joey. Like it, it would probably be, have to be like three or four other things. Like, but like th it was like I'm like because I had seen a, a, there was like a number of them that they mentioned on the bonus features for Meet Frankenstein, and I'm like I have to see some of these, and and there are a number of them I do revisit. I revisited Buck Privates. I don't think that one aged very well for me, although I do like seeing Bud, Bud and Lou, you know, and I like seeing the Andrew sisters sing uh, uh, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Um, you know, I, from I, company B from company, um, you just can't help it. It's great. Um, I also really like hold that ghost, which actually that one of the, one of the major gag, one of the gags in this movie is actually lifted from hold that ghost. Um, and I, you can see, I, I like that one cause it's sort of like a, like a, there's a group of people including Abbott and Costello and they're like at a haunted house and they have to stay at this haunted house for the night. And shenanigans happen, basically. As they do. As they do. Um, yeah. But I've seen all of their Universal work, at least. And I've seen a number of their, like, the TV appearances. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're, like, one of the few people in the Hollywood Walk of Fame who are there for, like, film, TV, and I think radio. Um, oh. Which doesn't always, um, doesn't always happen. I'll correct myself. Um, I just don't feel like typing right now. Um but let's talk about this movie, basically. Um, or let's talk about Bud, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. Uh, two folks from New Jersey, okay? Woo! Um, Bud Abbott, um, <laughs> the, the the straight man of the duo, um, he's from my neck, my, my neck of the woods, actually, which is really uh, a cool thing. Um, nice. And uh, they, they were a, um, a comedic duo that were very successful. They were, you know, some of Universal's most successful stars, they were pretty much a lot of the time like guaranteed like box office. Um, like Bud Abbott was, like I said, was the straight man. He was who's always angry and yelling at Lou Costello, who was the short, like pudgy guy. As you described him, sort of like a man child, you know. Yeah, it made me think of because like you know one of the one of the big shticks, especially with certain comedic actors like Will Ferrell or like Seth Rogen and his guys. Like there's that whole like man child thing you know i think it's like it's like i think the like a, a great example would be like stepbrothers mm -hmm. you know where it's literally john c Riley and will ferrell like as just 40 year old 50 year old like men acting like children it kind of made me think of that but it's as it progressed it 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 sort of dwindled a little bit but there's like i guess there's like an innocence to costello mm-hmm that that still persisted that made me think it's kind of like that man child aspect to it yeah 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 and and some of the choices he makes even i'm like yeah it kind of tracks as well so yep. he's he, he's 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 lovable costello no. uh, costello's fun I, I, you just can't help but just be like oh no he's so helpless and like <laughs> and that's the whole plot of this movie is so dracula dracula played by bela lugosi in his second and final time donning the cape on the big screen um uh, has the frankenstein monster 
played by uh, Glenn Strange for the third time. And basically, he needs another brain inside the Frankenstein monster. He wants something that is easier to control. He wants something that's not going to give him any resistance. So, uh, so his his doctor assistant, uh, Doctor Sandra uh, Mornay, um, who it, it, who decides I'm going to uh, to do this. I'm going to date um, Wilbur is is Costello's name in this movie, um, and I'm going to date him. And it's like she's like this attractive woman, and so you're like, oh, haha, she's with this guy. Uh. He's Which, with she. She's attracted to the the, the that the other the then, shorter oh, pudgier dude. And that gets and that gets Abbott. Uh, that, that gets um, Chick in this case jealous, you know. But there's also another layer to this because we also have the Wolfman played by Lon Chaney Jr. Even though he was cured in the last Universal Monsters <laughs> movie, um, but you know, it's, cares who, who cares? This is a parody. Um, and he is like, look, we need to destroy Dracula and the monster once and for all. This I've been following them throughout Europe. And the reason why they're in the States is because they were purchased for McDougal's House of Horrors, the remains of them anyway. And um, they escape and shenanigans ensue. So it's not only just them dealing with the monsters, but they're also um, dealing with insurance agents including uh, the attractive Joan Raymond, who also tries to seduce Costello. So Costello's got two ladies? He's got two. He's got two. Um, He's got two. That's basically the, the... And they're all... And, like, they're trying to, like, okay, we're trying to get, like, Costello's brain, you know, and all that. That That's the whole... That's the movie. And then it ends on, like, a silly, like, oh, we're running around the haunted house, uh, castle kind of thing. Oh, no, we're running from the monsters. What are we going to do? Yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell, really. Um, but like a lot of it is obviously, you know, like, uh, a vehicle for the shtick. Yes. You know, like, like any good comedy, it's a vehicle for the shtick. You know, you got, you got your basic plot, like any good comedy and you're like, okay, we got Abbott Costello. We need him to do their thing, which I, I had no clue what their thing was. So this was like all new to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> this whole thing at, at most or at best, I I knew of obviously like you know who's on first, what's on second, yeah, that which whole is, thing, which, which does not appear famous. in this movie, no. Um, but I was because like I I sort of it's it was sort of weird because like I before watching Chaplin when we when you showed me some of his movies, I kind of knew what to, what I was getting into with him. Um, and then like uh, I mean obviously I I grew up with Three Stooges, so I kind of already knew what their whole thing was but with Abbott Costello I literally knew nothing I didn't know anything of like I didn't know if it was like a straight man or like you know like they ended up being or if it was like they were both funny for different reasons mm-hmm. I didn't even like from a modern context I don't know if I can I mean there's a lot of great like comedic duos uh later on in life and people that I can think of like oh great pairing here great pairing there but like I just I, I I had no context going into this, so it was it really was like I was kind of nervous, <laughs> admittedly. Right. Especially like I'm always nervous to watch any movie that I know Joey has like a huge like love for, mm. especially when it's like an older movie. Because I'm like, am I gonna like this? See, I always have <laughs> I always have that worry because I'm because I'm like, oh boy, because you have sometimes you have virtually no context for some of these things. Like I think about like. It's a Wonderful Life, which is a movie that you enjoyed, 
But I did. Uh, but I'm also like this could have e- I could have easily seen you go what what <laughs> what is this? <laughs> is it wonderful? Is it really wonderful? <laughs> is this really a life? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think um in some cases it does it does help to have some context, but in some sometimes it's like I have nothing and it's perfectly fine and I end up watching it. I'm like, this is really good. Right. But I don't know. It's like my brain, the way it works is, mm-hmm. is its own thing, I guess. But so like I'm watching this movie and I'm starting to kind of get the grasp of like, okay, like Abbott is like you were saying, like he's like the straight man, you know, and then Costello's like the silly one, which we've done. We've, we, we've sort of done that in our radio dramas. See, that, so that, it's that... usually... Yeah. yeah. See, that's that's the, the sort of the connecting point I was thinking about because, like, I, I watch this and I'm like, this almost feels like the prototype for what we would do for a radio drama. Like, I could see yeah. our characters in a radio drama getting involved with the Wolfman and Dracula and the Frankenstein monster, that kind of thing. Right. And, like, the the funny thing, though, and we mention this all the time, is, is that you're the goofy one and I'm the straight one. <laughs> More or less, <laughs> which if you if you know us, if you met if you ever met us, you probably wouldn't have guessed that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Joey Joey's much more straight, and I'm much more goofy. So, yeah. but you know what? Hey, we're we're playing characters. We're acting. We're, we're, we're good playing, actors. We're playing against type. We'll call it generously. Um, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> we don't we don't need to be. You know, we we psh, come on. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. this, I mean, so Universal in the forties, they've been doing a bunch of monster crossovers, um, at this point. So it all started with Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, um, which of course had Lugosi as the Frankenstein monster and Cheney was the Wolfman. Then you had House of Frankenstein, which had all the monsters. Um, but John Carradine was Dracula. Glenn Strange, um, was playing the Frankenstein monster, uh, for the first time there and Karloff, you were, I think, um, I was talking to Allison and her brother about this movie because they're getting into the Universal stuff, and they're asking if Karloff was in this, and Karloff by this point was done with, um, with the monster because, like, Son of Frankenstein, which I don't, you've never seen, right? I haven't seen anything past Bride. So, like, Son of Frankenstein's a okay. good movie, and I think it's a, a fine sequel to the first two, but it's for the character of the monster it's clearly a step down and you could see why mm-hmm. Karloff wanted to step away because at that point he was just basically a plot device and he was just like okay here's the monster ooh it was starting to get that way and it, it became that way you know like the, the monster in this doesn't there's no pathos really in this movie I mean Glenn Strange I think does a fine job as the monster I think he he's iconic in his own right um, but it's in a different way. Like Karloff, I would argue, like especially in that first movie, is one of the great like on-screen performances ever. And then mm-hmm. like this is 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 just you know we're in funhouse territory, and that's just the kind of movie that this is, and what some of the other sequels were, you know. Um, but it would have been interesting too to have Karloff in this movie, just for the sheer novelty that you'd have like the the trio, you know. Cheney, like the mm-hmm. the three guys that, that that really left a stamp on those um on those roles, uh, but at this point, this was after World War II, and the monsters were just not as scary. They're not as scary anymore compared to the the horrors that that had happened over the last decade, you know, or even just like what people had seen the last couple of years. So you know, putting them in a comedy 
was not too big of a stretch for these characters, even though just like 15 years earlier, Dracula was a genuinely scary movie. 17 years earlier, Dracula was a scary movie, more or less. Um, yeah, that's just how that's just the, that's just horror history, and you know, in general, like anytime some major tragedy happens, like it, it completely like you know changes the way people feel about the horror genre and like some things that used to be scary. Like, yeah, you know, we talked we've talked about that before. Like, no, like yeah, with yeah. nine like like with nine eleven when that happened, and just how the the trend with horror movies and and the way that they went in a more like gory sense is. Uh, and then, like, we're starting to see. I feel like we're already starting to see kind of a change after, you know, well, not after, but like with uh, the pandemic and how that's affected. I mean, we're seeing the effect it has on movies in general, but like with horror movies, it's interesting to see how that's playing out. Um, and then just other things here and there. It's just, it like, it just makes sense. Like, you know. No, yeah, it, it definitely does. And also, too, you have to understand, like, the co- like the production codes changed as well. Like, when Dracula and Frankenstein mm-hmm. came out, that was 1931. So that was a, a very different time. And then, like, once you got the other ones coming out, it, they were a little bit more strict with that kind of stuff. Um, but I think Lynn Strange, I think, does a fine job. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. I was... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was say I was confused by one thing when we were watching it, and I, I appreciated that you explained it to me. And it's funny to think about just because, you know, we we're talking about like like uh, Lon Chaney's Wolfman and and how like he got cured, and yet for some reason he's got it again. Yeah. And so we're watching the movie, and I'm like, what's wrong with Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah. Like, not so, in the sense well, that it's a different actor, but like. He, his eyes were closed the whole time, and I'm like, I don't understand. Well, okay, so context. Um, but I also think about a moment that count that, that counterpoints that as well. But, like, so in one of the earlier movies, in um, so in Son of Frankenstein, we're introduced to Igor, played by Bela Lugosi, one of his best performances, mm-hmm. by the way. If you don't, if you see Son of Frankenstein for nothing else, see it for him. But, um, so he's sort of like, he is like that sort of like, he, he's been hung and he lived through the hanging, so they can't charge him again, kind of thing. So he's just kind of like this miserable existence. Um, and he sort of manipulates uh, the monster. And that ha- continues sort of into Ghost of Frankenstein. But he wants to have his brain transferred into the monster. Um, and it, it, uh, Lon Chaney Jr., by the way, plays the monster in Ghost of Frankenstein. So at the end of that movie... Uh, you hear Igor's voice with Lon Chaney's body, and it's like, I, Igor, will live forever. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Like, And then, but we find out, because I guess their blood types weren't compatible, the monster is blind. So in the next movie, Ugh. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, Lugosi plays that part because, because Igor's brain is in the monster. So technically it's Igor. And he's still blind, and that's why you have the famous more like the outstretched arms. Karloff kind of did that, but it really became more of a thing with the later incarnations because at this point the monster was blind, and it was sort of like. And I don't even know if the movie really confirms that because there were a lot of rewrites and changes with Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and it sort of continues on in the other movies. Though in this movie, again, it's a parody, so it doesn't have to like. And even the sequels didn't always... It's loose continuity. But, like, there's a moment where um, when we first meet the Frankenstein monster and Dracula and they're leaving McDougal's House of Horrors, Glenn Strange, like, turns towards Costello and is scared. 
He's like, oh, mm. oh, uh, and it seems like he sees him, unless or he just senses senses him. You know, he's he's daredevil. <laughs> I, guess, I guess he's Charlie Cox at that point. I guess I don't know. Um, you know what? Good for Charlie Cox. He's getting good lured. for. Good for wow, well, I spent a lot more time on Frankenstein movie lore than I thought I would. <laughs> I feel yeah, it happens. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna get so Lon Chaney Jr. and Lugosi are really just MVPs in this movie for me because what's so great about them is that they're playing it straight. They mm. feel like they are in a genuine Universal horror movie, and everybody else is just like, yeah, <laughs> like what is going on? But like Lon Chaney is just like, you don't understand. When the moon rises, I will turn into a wolf. And then Castell's like, you and twenty million other guys. <laughs> <laughs> Or just like so many, or like, um, like the Larry is calling uh, the baggage service that Costello and Abbott work for, and he's like changing into a wolf, at, and he's like, uh, "Mr. McDougal, will you stop gargling your throat? <laughs> will you shut your dog up? I'm trying to have a conversation with yeah, you." Yeah, like all these, all these different like scenes where it's just like, it's just like, oh, hee hee, this is this is so like, oh my gosh, like the juxtaposition. Um, and look again, Lugosi, this was his last major studio role. Um, mm-hmm. cause after this was just all low budget and then the world of Ed Wood. And then sadly he, his tragic passing His tragic, his tragic passing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's very, I think he's very good in this movie, but there's definitely a, a, a line that you have, uh, obsessed <laughs> over. Um, well, I a, didn't obsess over it. It's just, it was just funny the way he pronounced it. It's your letterbox review. <laughs> <laughs> because it became a thing. All right. So the context <laughs> is like, he's no, like the, the, the Frankenstein monster is, uh, growing weaker, but obviously Lugosi with his Hungarian accent, it's, it, it's, he's saying glow. I was about to say glowing. Um, <laughs> uh, it sounds like to, it sounded like to Richard glowing Greeker. You know, I, I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he, he's he's glowing. Gre- How do you do that? <laughs> he just he just does. Um, I think, but but like you know, yeah. Th- there's that, but this um, this movie also too with like the Universal Monsters aspect. It's going to connect with our next movie because you see the Wolfman fight Dracula in this and the Frankenstein monster just chasing him around and uh, that's kind of fun. Um, I, I want to talk about like the gags. That I, there's so many lines mm. from this movie I feel like I quote on a near daily basis. Um, like, I belong to two unions. I have heard that one. Uh, <laughs> if, there, if there was a line, I think I've heard you quote. I think yeah, that one's for we sure. quote we quote in our in our house um, a lot. Or like police, um, and then uh, I know there's no such thing as Dracula. You know there's no such thing as Dracula. But does Dracula know it? <laughs> there's some good line delivery uh, here. There, yeah, I like the what's the one catchphrase he has. Um, I saw it when I saw it. I saw what I or saw something. when I saw it. Yeah, thank you. I, I, <laughs> it comes back at the end. Once I said I saw, I saw something. You believe me that I saw it. <laughs> Which, you know, I, I I definitely relate to Costello in that because there's so many instances I see things and people are like, nah. <laughs> see, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's the whole that's the whole movie is like poor Costello knows what's going on and then, 
or like is confused about what's going on and Amos is like ah like that was that was my big takeaway as we were watching it like because like it's one thing when it's like a straight man and a goofy guy it's another thing when it's like a dickhead <laughs> and, and like a goofy guy because <laughs> like I'm watching the movie and and Abbott and Costello are doing their thing Costello's just like finding themselves in these like ridiculous situations um you know like he gets caught in the crates and it's he's he, he's going back and forth Chick! <laughs> or like he he happens to run into any of the monsters um at any point in the movie he's like yes there's some and, great and then <laughs> and then abbott walks in and it's just like you idiot! <laughs> There's nothing here. Shut up. Do your job. And he slaps him. And I'm like, what a terrible friend. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> and that—that's the dynamic for like all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess it's, it's not like it's entirely like unwarranted because like it makes me think of like um, when. Chris Farley was alive and he and David Spade were kind of a comedic duo. And um in Tommy Boy there'd be so many times David Spade just completely makes fun of Chris Farley for one reason or another. But then he also gets his comeuppance on various occasions. Yes. And so like it's it's there's it it definitely feels like more of like a like a balanced dynamic. And not that Blue and Costello don't have that, I'm sure they very much do, but this is my first impression of anything. I was happy that by the end, Abbott met a monster. <laughs> yes. Yes. It delivers fully on the There is a point. Title. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Abbott does end up meeting a monster. <laughs> but I just, the whole time, I'm just feeling so bad for Costello. I'm like, poor guy. But then, like, he, like, gets, a, like, he cheats on his girl with another girl. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. But then again, the girls are using him. So it's just like... It turns it turns into the House of Dragon at that point. Like, who am I rooting for? <laughs> and, he, and then you know who it was? It was the one guy that's just there doing his job. Uh, Charles Bradstreet, uh, by the way, as Doctor Stevens. <laughs> he's standing there. He's delivering his lines, and he's proud of you. <laughs> you know, he puts the gasoline on on the pier uh, to destroy the monster at the end. There you go. Boom. And, and that I mean that that reminded me of uh, Freddy versus Jason because that's how that movie ends. Probably influenced a bit by this, I, I imagine. I, I would, I a hundred percent would believe that for sure. Honestly, um, I did want to mention the names of the actresses uh, too. Um, I forgot to mention them earlier. Lenore Aubert plays uh, San Doctor Sandra Mornay, who I think is is quite good in the movie. And then mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jane Randolph plays Joan Raymond. Um, she was also in Cat People. She didn't do a lot of movies, and uh, I think she was the last surviving cast member of this movie. She passed away like two thousand nine. Was um, she like? Was she the main person in Cat People? No, she wasn't the like. She was like the the um. How do I how do I phrase this? Like she wasn't the person becoming a cat. She was like the other woman, where she, like the cat woman becomes jealous kind of thing, and she's oh. the one she gets scared like. There's a great scene with her, and she gets, like, scared shitless. And um, that's another movie we got to talk about on the show at some point. Um, but I'm trying to think of, like... But this is, um, you know, this was a very successful movie um, when it came out. It made a lot of money. Um, 
And again, it was the last time really these, like the classic versions of these monsters were together, you know, and the last time uh, Cheney and Lugosi played the, 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 the versions of the characters that they made famous. But she was, yeah, she was the person to get, like, cat people we got to talk about at some point. Um, just Val, Val Luton in general, those um, those horror movies uh, that he did for RKO are really, are really something else. Um, but, you know, this movie was uh, hugely successful, made a lot of money, um, and it was on the National Film Registry. Uh, it was placed there in 2001. Um, obviously, you know, being nice. culturally, historically, uh, aesthetically important which i definitely think it is because i have to imagine like people like my dad or your dad especially you know probably must have either gotten into or further their enjoyment of the monsters through this movie which was a movie i imagine for you know if you were a kid watching this back in the day you must have been like laughing your butt off but also scared like quite a bit um at some at some scenes mm. uh i just want to mention too the makeup is not done by jack pierce at this point uh jack pierce was not with universal um this was bud westmore doing the makeup and cheney and i think the cast had a better like cheney and uh, glenn strange had a better time with this makeup because the the appliances that um westmore used were not as time consuming or as excruciating as as pierce's methods but i Which will say always listen if there's anything that we should take away from uh, actors having a more comfortable experience, that's that's uh, you know that's that's what we want to hear more often. It's just that at some point, I mean, they, they, you need to make them comfortable. Hmm. Yeah. Sh- sure. Yeah. I just wish that like I, I I don't notice it so much with the Frankenstein monster. The design I think looks fine. I think the Wolfman, at least for me, suffers a bit. But again, I'm glad Cheney. I'm not. Was I'm not. Comfortable. I'm not. T- I mean, I'm not talking about the quality of the work. Admittedly, I'm just saying in general. No, but it, again, absolutely, especially yeah, for sure. Yeah, like if like I don't want the work to suffer, but at the same time, I don't want the actors to suffer. Right. Because I feel like, especially these days, we hear so much about like just bad working conditions, <laughs> and it's just it's nice. You know, it just sucks. No, it's, it, it's it, nice it, when. That's you know. true, but I also think about people like makeup artists who are below the line talent but you were going to say something after i talked about like the legacy stuff of this movie sorry that that was it <laughs> just i just was i just wanted to just because i guess i just keep thinking about all the like recent stories of like not even just actors but like anyone having a terrible production experience and it's like the first thing the first and most important thing is safety and comfortability so that's all. That's, I just wanted to say, at least there's that. No, no. I, I'm glad you're illuminating that because I'm just the fanboy going, I didn't like the Wolfman design very much. Brad Westmore should be ashamed of himself, even though he's been, probably been dead for decades. That man ruined my life. No, he didn't. He's he's, he's just He's just rolling in his grave like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is so cringe. Oh, me too. No, but... Um, <laughs> I do. I, I. I. I'm glad I got an opportunity to have this show, this movie on the show. So thank you for that. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, well, again, I'm. I mean, I. I'm glad that I watched it finally. Yeah. After all this time. Um, I mean, I can't say that I'm like in love with it. I'm pretty lukewarm on it, admittedly, but it definitely made me laugh. There was. There was definitely times like. Like, again, you know, like anything, you know, I'm watching the movie, and I'm not laughing near as much as you are, and my my brain's immediately thinking that you're thinking, oh, God. 
oh no, he's not laughing. No, this see, I, I, I go in with expectation, like, okay, this is a movie from pre-1970 something. Okay, here we go. <laughs> like, I think it's, it's something that happens in my household a lot. Um, whenever, like, my parents, like, love their kinds of movies. They have their own interests, their own tastes, and... So like they'll show me something or we'll watch something and if I and if it's something that I'm not into but I laugh once they'll be like oh my god he laughed oh no <laughs> he he chuckled he must love it and I'm like every time that happens I'm like I'm going to leave the room and not finish this fucking thing <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore <laughs> Cuz like you're already annoyed that I'm not enjoying something that's on you not me <laughs> Yeah Mm-hmm. So at least at least that doesn't happen, <laughs> and I appreciate that. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. But uh, I yeah, did, I, I did. Like as far as the things that I did like about this movie, because there was there was quite a bit. Like I mean, Costello's incredibly lovable. Um, you can't go wrong with Lugosi or Lon Chaney Jr. Like they're both iconic in those roles, and. Um, Glenn Strange, I wasn't as familiar with him, and there was obviously, like, I was confused by the blind thing, but, you know, he, he did, he did a great job, and, um, like, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the gags that I liked the most were, again, just Costello running into the monsters, and then just going, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know the scene where he sits on the monster? In that one scene, he doesn't realize it. Mm. They had to do that scene a bunch of times, and there's actually bloopers of like Glenn Strange just <laughs> bursting out into laughter. He just couldn't take it. Like, there's just, there's gotta, there had to have been a point. He's just sitting there thinking, like, I'm in monster makeup, and Lou, Cost- Lou Costello is sitting on me. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to react to this? <laughs> like, the director's like, okay, so for this take. <laughs> for this take this is what we gotta do but i can understand that wholeheartedly just because that it's it's like superhero actors like especially ones that actually get costumes uh <laughs> they're just like sitting they're like at a point you gotta look at yourself in like a bat costume or like you're wearing the american flag in your chest going what the what the fuck am i doing <laughs> <laughs> This is just silly. But then you're like, you know what? Let's have some fun. Um, I feel like um, I interrupted you before. So what were you going to say? No. Oh, um, uh, the best gag was uh, the Invisible Man. Yes. Cameo. Um, Vincent Price. Uh, two dudes um, alum. Vincent Price. Hall of Famer. Definitely. Vincent def- Price. Definitely, um, definitely a Hall of Famer, Vincent Price, for sure. Did you know that he was in the movie? Or that he no, was- I had no context whatsoever like like i just knew that dracula wolfman and frankenstein were in it but then at the end of the movie when you see the cigarette floating and then you hear his voice it's like oh that was like that was that's the feeling i imagine so many people feel nowadays when they get excited about nostalgic things or like cameo things like it's them like that was me yeah (laughs) it's like i get it now (laughs) i relate to you (laughs) oh i now i know why disney does this (laughs) yes like like that's the other thing too with these universal like crossover movies it's like it's sort of like the pre-marvel of it all (laughs) when you really think about it like in the especially the previous movies there's like a loose continuity going on again you have like the the brain swapping things you have like (laughs) like one thing leads to another thing and uh you know it's 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 kind of uh it's kind of amusing but what i miss 
what I miss like, uh, is just like these movies just being so short. <laughs> I, I love that this was like eighty. <laughs> it was a, minutes. It was a breeze. Yeah. It was really a breeze. I I think you go into that comparison too. Like I almost miss when crossovers or like movies like that felt special. Mm-hmm. You know, like because they don't anymore. I think the last time it felt genuinely special to see characters cross over was Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. Like, other than that, I'm like, I'm watching all these Marvel movies or even like the DC movies. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I was telling, I was talking about this when we were watching the movie, like when it came to that, because like. I feel like I just don't inherently get that excited when characters cross over. Like I like I get excited about the idea, but then the execution's always like just like okay, well that happened. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> but like it was definitely cool because like there's a point where like I'm seeing Bell Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. fighting, and I'm like, oh, that's happening. Yeah, that's I mean happening. that that's that's the I feel like that's part of the difference too is that these are like le- like Hollywood legends, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Um. Especially Hollywood legends that don't always don't always get their due um, as actors, and just seeing them play the again parts that they made famous is yeah. uh, is especially so long. Like actually, this is going back to another thing. Makes me think of Deadpool three. I know this is going longer than I anticipated, but Deadpool three. Listen, we had a great ending with Logan, right? <laughs> And now mm-hmm. we got the multiverse, guys. So we are going to bring in huge Jackman. We're gonna put Hugh Jackman in this comedic farce. Like this, like Hugh Jackman's gonna basically be like Bale Lugosi or Lon Chaney Jr. playing it straight the whole time, and then Ryan Reynolds is just gonna be like, and eh, Dick Joker, pop culture reference, The Music Man. Look at my winner. Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be exactly like what with Josh Brolin because he was like, listen, Thanos, mm-hmm. like, oh, ha, ha, I got that reference. Yeah, that's what's gonna be. It's gonna be <laughs> the, the, the absolute best case scenario. It ends up like having to still be Frankenstein. Worst is it's gonna end up like another Marvel movie. Oh, we'll see uh, what happens, I guess. But, but speaking of Hugh Jackman, we're going to bring him into our uh, our weird crossover episode. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about Hugh Jackman when we come back. Woo! Welcome back to Two Dudes, One 
double feature in our last segment. We talked about Abbott and Costello hanging out with some monsters. Now, we're going to bring those monsters, and we're going to take them with us, and we're going to hang out with Wolverine. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Joey, what is our second feature tonight? Tonight, Richard. Tonight, we are talking about the seminal 2004 Stephen Summers directed film. And when I say seminal, I, this is this is a truly um, important film, but but only. For Where's me. the Criterion uh, edition? We but, need it. No, they, they, it's one of those titles where Universal's like, uh-uh, this is too valuable to us. We will never loan it out. <laughs> Though it'd be pretty like, cool if you guys. Scream Factory would be pretty cool, admittedly. That would be cool, actually. I would like yeah. to see like an alternate cover, alternate poster, that kind of thing. Anyway, we are talking about Van Helsing. Van Helsing! Van Halen! <laughs> <laughs> That blooper will always stay with me. Yes. Van <laughs> Helsing. <laughs> Good old Van Helsing. So, um, this movie uh, has a bit of a different history for, for us. Like, with the first movie, that was very much uh, something that was for Joey, and that was a nostalgic thing for him, and I'd never seen it before. This movie, however, both Joey and I grew up with it. We've had all the action figures actually i didn't oh never mind i had all the action figures <laughs> yes we played the did you play the video game i played the demo of the video game <laughs> i played the game boy advance version and the console version mm. of the video game once i actually got a console then i could play it i was yep. very excited mm. um and uh, this was this is a movie that we just loved dearly as kids and as adults. Um, we have it's it stayed in our hearts. It stayed with us. Um, yeah, <laughs> Van Helsing, Van uh, Van Helsing. Con um, bringing up like, listen, I remember two thousand four seeing the the TV commercials for this, and I'm like, Wolverine fights the monsters yes like if there's one thing that would immediately blow joey's mind as a kid it'd be when his favorite actor at the time wolverine <laughs> not hugh jackman wolverine mm -hmm. <laughs> um turns out that he's going to be fighting the universal monsters dracula frankenstein wolfman like this is I, I imagine once Joey saw trailers for this, that's when like uh, his sexuality came into play. <laughs> like he, he was finally getting realizing what he likes, what he wants. <laughs> like he grew as a man. Uh, Van Van Helsing <laughs> is 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 peak male performance for me. <laughs> it, it was it was such a life changing moment. For, for a young Joey. For a young Richard, uh, this is a movie that I was like, oh, that's cool! <laughs> <laughs> and as as time has gone on, uh, this is a movie, this is one of those movies, like I, I've mentioned this earlier, like this is one of those movies that we've been trying to get on the show for a long time, or we would at least mention how surprising it was that it wasn't on the show like in the first, within the first 10 episodes. 
Yes, this is very true. And it's amazing it's taken us over 100 episodes to get to this point. <laughs> Literally over 100. Over 100 episodes. It's like... <laughs> man, and, and this I is, remember... This is, this is we a had to make for a, ourselves. <laughs> this, is, this is us telling us, good job. You could talk about Van Helsing now. <laughs> but also, too, we had to make a schedule change for, for the end of the month. And we had episodes in place and we and we were both like we can't get rid of this episode <laughs> we can't we've we've planned for it for too long it's not happening it can't happen but um like for me i again i saw like all those commercials i love i i, I it looks so cool and i saw it with my mom on mother's day because my mom is a huge huge jackman fan she has seen him on stage three times he, when he was in boy from oz when uh, he did his one-man show, and we saw him in the Music Man revival. Um, so, huge love for Hugh Jackman over here. And uh, <laughs> one of the other things I remember about the movie, too, again, a Broadway thing as well, there's a restaurant called Tony DiNapoli's, um, a great Italian restaurant over there, um, and there's, like, pictures of, like, different actors on Broadway as their Broadway roles, but sort of mixed with their Hollywood roles. So there's one of Alfred Molina at, uh, from Fiddler on the Roof, and he's got, like, Dr. Octopus tentacles behind him. <laughs> and then for Wolverine, he's dressed as his Boy from Oz character. But the background looks like Transylvania, and he's playing the piano, but he's got, like, Wolverine claws, and he's, like, shouting. <laughs> so that's one of my other um, memories, but... Yeah, this movie, it was a movie I knew I, I really asked for to have on DVD. So I still have my DVD copy of this movie, as well as all my other physical media copies of this movie. But it's funny, because I You've didn't got, buy... you. Do you yeah. have all of them now? Like, So you got it on DVD, you got it on two separate editions on Blu-ray, because you have the... Or one, you just have the Steelbook, right? I just have the Steelbook, and I got the 4K. I don't have it on VHS, because I think there were tapes of it. It was, like, right at the end of, like, VHS's, like, run. Yeah. It, it, like, and it I, always surprises me that there's a VHS of Pirates of the Caribbean, like, the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's, uh, that's right. Um, but oddly enough, it wasn't a movie I bought merchandise for. I used to go to a store um, near me, Rip uh, Comics Plus, um, and they had a ton of Van Helsing action figures, and... Again, I was spoiled, so I don't know how I didn't get a Van Helsing action figure. Um, but I did get one years later. I went to, with my, my brother and Feehan to New Jersey Collector Fest, where we met the, vo the original voice of Spider-Man, Paul Souls. And uh, on one of the stands, they had a Van Helsing action figure in, in, the, in, oh, in, nice. in the box. So I have it in my closet. I just need to f find a spot to display it. Um, but... Uh, it's one of those movies I do watch probably at least once a year, and um, I have a good time every time. <laughs> <laughs> I like your letterbox review. 2004 me, yes. <laughs> 2022 me, yes. Yes, that, that just describes it. That's that, like, listen, I enjoy art house cinema. I enjoy things that are actually good. But you know what? Richard Roxburgh <laughs> as, Drac as Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, so yes. Van Helsing, this is a weird one because this is, uh, we've talked about the character of Van Helsing on the show before because he is sort of the the opposing force to Dracula. You know, he is uh, the scientist doctor guy 
who knows stuff like supernatural stuff and vampire stuff about Nosferatu, to sort of like paraphrase from Edward Van Sloan in the original um, Lugosi Dracula film. And we talked, and also Peter Cushing played that part um, as well in the Hammer films. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, we've talked about um, as well. Yeah, it's also weird to know that we haven't talked about Lugosi Dracula, but that'll be next year. Um, That'll be next year. That'll be next year. We do have a feature planned. But um, anyway, like, it is a notable support, like, the notable supporting character in Dracula, but um, this is a movie about him because. He is, uh, in this case, he's no longer Abraham Van Helsing. He is Gabriel. Gabriel. Played by Hugh Jackman. And he is a monster. He is a monster hunter. This dude uh, is just got this giant coat. He's got, like, all these, these like, ninja things and guns. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, um, this is how you should imagine Van Helsing. Gabriel Van Helsing. So, take... Indiana Jones, then take James Bond and sort of mesh them together, not entirely, but mesh them together, and then put Hugh Jackman in there for good measure, like a little seasoning of Hugh Jackman. Put put, put, a, put a dash of cowboy. A dash of cowboy, and you will get Gabriel Van Helsing, who, um, he works for the Vatican, mm-hmm. <laughs> and He's essentially assigned by the Vatican to hunt down supernatural creatures that are um, ungodly creatures, essentially. But he also goes by his own agenda. You know, he's not like he is. He is. He does. You know, work for them, but he does like his own thing again, like James Bond. James Bond works for MI6, but he's not following their rules to a T ever. So, like. Van Helsing's whole thing in the film is that he he doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He has amnesia. And so uh, he was found on the steps of the Vatican um, and they revived him and, you know, he decided to dedicate his life to uh, their cause and fighting monsters. But at the same time, like, he's at, there was a point, I'm sure, where he just was getting tired. And he was like, listen, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't really care. I'll I'll help. I'll do I'll do what you asked me to do, but at the same time I'm like I'm just trying to find out who I am. And so uh when we first meet him, he's at the end of a different job, which is a job that was illustrated, an assignment, if you will, uh that was illustrated in an animated feature called Van Helsing the London Assignment, which I own on DVD. <laughs> I also had it on DVD at one point. Though there was, I think, there was some later editions. No, there wasn't. I thought there was a later edition that had it on on there. But you know what? Any future edition of Van Helsing, if any, should put London Assignment on there. It should. Honestly, it's kind of like, like I, I didn't get to watch it before um, this recording and I wanted to. But it really should just be a bonus feature on there. I don't know if it's a matter of like Universal not wanting to pay the residuals and stuff. Um on that one and it being a i don't know it's listen it, i would love it to get like a blu-ray or something because the only way to watch it at this point is through maybe illegal means and dvd and if there's one thing that's a, that that was actually pretty cool uh about this whole thing is that it got like an animated prequel and it's it's a lot of fun it is fun but the last job um 
in the beginning of this movie, it's kind of it kind of is like a reverse Abbott Costello because at the end of that one, we got the Invisible Man. We got an extra monster at the end. At the start of this movie, we get another monster. We got Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde, played by the one, the only, Hagrid. <laughs> You're a monster hunter, Rob- Harry. Uh, I'm a what? You're... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You're actually Weird Al Yankovic, Harry. <laughs> You're Weird Al Yankovic, Harry. You're white and nerdy, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be that's that that checks. <laughs> you know what my favorite Weird Al song is, Harry. You're pitiful, Harry. <laughs> anyway, too many Harry Potter. References. Robbie Col- Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane, who does a fantastic job uh, voc- uh, vocally for this um, for this character. Yes, um, and so we're meeting Van Helsing at the very end of this, and he's fighting uh, Mr. Hyde, and it also sort of works as a nice setup because he's got he doesn't have great reputation in the world he's got one but not a great one because obviously he's working in secret so he's he's killing all these monsters but of course a lot of them are just people who happen to be cursed and so once they're dead their curse is lifted and so it's like well shit maybe he just killed a dude and that's all people see so they're like Van Helsing you Sorry, Alan, Alan Sylvester possessed me for a moment. It, 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 it took me a second to realize what you were doing, and then once you got into it, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> at first I thought you were doing like the, check, 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 like the whole Costello thing. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh oh man but um but yeah so so he's got he doesn't have the best reputation but um the vatican's got a new assignment for him and this one's important because this could also be the link to his uh missing identity and it turns out uh there's this place you may have heard of it you may not have heard of it i don't know but it's called uh transylvania does it sound familiar to you Mm-hmm. You know, and um, he has to save. What's what's the name of the family again? The is it Valeria Blue Blue Blue? Something. Um, Valer- is it Valerian? Valerius. That, uh, Valerius. Valerius. Excuse me. That's Game of Thrones. Is Valerian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going it's, back to it's that. It's pretty again. close. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's but. But yeah, so it's a Valer- so the Valerius family, um, who is I guess is kind of like the big family in Transylvania, and they've been on a generational quest to destroy this being named Count Dracula, uh, who's played beautifully in this film by Richard Roxborough, and uh, the last surviving members are uh, Velkin and uh, Anna. Is it Anna or is it just the accent that makes it Anna? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it as Anna because it'd be weird to be like Anna. Princess Anna, Anna. <laughs> Auntie Anna. <laughs> I like mm. your pretzels, <laughs> but um, so Velkin and Anna um are trying to like deal with all this vampire shenanigans, and Van Helsing team teaming up with David Wenham, aka the f- was he was this the first David Wenham performance you've ever seen? Yes, mine. It- 
Yes, it was mine, because I didn't, again, I wasn't really exposed to Lord of the Rings as a child. So, this is Carl. <laughs> Good old Carl. Yeah. Coming out in. Everyone's like, oh, Faramir. Uh, oh, guy from, I'm, I'm like, sorry, sorry, I know my man Hussing, sorry. <laughs> Who the hell be damned I am? <laughs> Faramir, you cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were fa- I thought you were Faramir. Actually, I am also Carl. <laughs> I am also Carl. Thank you. Uh, he's so great. Uh, in this. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> <laughs> but so Van Helsing and uh, Carl team up to he's go like to Transylvania. Q. He's like the Q. <laughs> he is. He is. He is like he is like the Q. But Q gets to go on the adventure this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Q gets to come along. So they get to Transylvania, and they realize there's some shit going down. And that shit is Dracula uh, wants kids. <laughs> and how does he get kids? Well, um, because he's a vampire, his kids are bone dead. Mm-hmm. So he's got to revive them. And how to revive them? Well, I don't know where this accent came from, but there you go. <laughs> I think it's coming from the fact that there was supposed to be a cowboy-centric uh, Transylvania <laughs> spinoff show of this. <laughs> well, listen here now. <laughs> that like, was turning into Elvis. Uh, now well, you're going to be you're the sheriff of Transylvania. <laughs> that is such a ridiculous sounding like thing. <laughs> I am the sheriff of these here parts. Uh, what are you doing in my beloved Transylvania? <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, ignoring that, um, <laughs> the, the what's the solution? Well, the solution is um, Frankenstein's monster, uh, played brilliantly here by uh, Schuller Hunt. Uh, Schuller Hensley. Schuller Hensley, uh, who was supposed to be, sadly he wasn't, but he was supposed to be in the Music Man production that you saw. So you would have had a Van Helsing um, reunion. Yeah. Live yeah. and in person. It w- that would have been, like, it's so funny. I listened to him on the soundtrack and he, and he sings Shapoopy. So I'm like, the Frankenstein monster, you'd sing it. It's like young Frankenstein. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's so great. Um, but also, uh, do we t- do we talk about uh, Princess? I know mean, they have to save um, Princess Anna. 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 <laughs> Anna. Anna. I can't. You can't escape. <laughs> Elsa. It. Elsa. Let or- it go. <laughs> let it go. Um, but but yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, they have to uh, prevent Dracula from bringing his his kids back uh, to life. Not back to life. Just to life. Make them dead. undead. Make them undead. Yes, thank instead you. of actually dead. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, now, of course, Dracula initially doesn't have Frankenstein. So, what's the next best thing he's going to try? Well, um, people be turning into werewolves all the time in Transylvania. <laughs> it's 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 catching. Let's say, and. Um, the most recent uh, infected person, cursed person, with uh, this werewolf situation is, of course, Prince Valken himself. So, there's a lot going on, um, but it's, it's easy to you know, figure everything out, thankfully. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big budget, like, action, big budget action-adventure um, movie. Though, I know, like, like, Stephen Summers was like, this is not a horror movie. There are scary yeah. things in this movie. Um, I was terrified of the brides. I had nightmares 
of the brides when I was a oh, kid. Oh wow! Yes, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a sense. I was a sensitive boy. Okay, <laughs> I uh, like, my experience was a little bit different. <laughs> I won't go into it, but well, I mean, you you were also a few years older than me at this point. So I was I was what what month did this come out? May of two thousand four. So I was thirteen. So. Yeah, yeah, I was. I can. Feel, my I was, imagination can put the. I can pick up. What I was feeling down. a certain way. Listen, <laughs> I, I just I saw was, them, and I'm like, they pretty. <laughs> I was feeling that way, but about Kate Beckinsale, man. Listen, I thought that too. Listen, <laughs> there's a lot of pretty ladies between, in this. Between you, you and me, all right. You're into dark ray, and I'm just not. All right. <laughs> I can't deal with the sharp teeth. Ew. No. Listen, listen uh, a girl with a little bit of a, a dark edge to her. What's up? <laughs> that's that uh, i like a little bit of edge that's i can't deny it <laughs> but but anyway i actually like i know sometimes the special effects can be spotty on the brides but i actually really do like that the brides are like active like they're 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 utilized in the movie because i remember in like the lugosi one they're there for like one scene like two scenes maybe and they're just they, they come in and dracula's like nah fam you're not gonna you're not gonna take renfield <laughs> nah man redfield's not your business <laughs> that was just funny i'm sorry no it's, it's fine it's fine it was meant i was meant to make you laugh um but i think the monster designs in this are actually really cool um on the whole like again i think the the concept the concept for the brides is great even though again there's a lot of cg in this so some, not everything's gonna look great it's during that time period when CG was becoming more and more, like, prominent. You know, like, it was new technology for the most part, and so more and more people... Once once people realized they could, like, fully make characters... Yeah. That's, that's when it was like, alright, we're gonna try to give this a whirl and see how we feel about it. And, like, I will say, like, I, I, I look at the effects in this movie, and in comparison, like, say, like... Because I was watching the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie not long ago and the whole ending is terrible just because <laughs> like because if you've seen power rangers on not to go off on a whole different thing that's not related at all but like when you watch power rangers one of the things is that at the end of the show like the the megazord fights like a giant version of the villain but it's like dudes it's like godzilla it's like dudes in suits mm -hmm. you know stunt stunt people in suits mm -hmm. And so for the movie, because they didn't have the luxury of just taking footage that was for the Super Sentai show and then using it for the uh, American, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they had to make everything from scratch. So they decided to make this giant model of, I think, whatever city they were filming in. I think it was like Australia. It's like Sydney, maybe. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then CGI Im imposing, like, the Megazords. So it's just really bad CGI. But, you know, hey... Um, but, uh, with this movie, like, there's definitely some moments where I'm like, oof, but there's, but admittedly there are times I'm like, all right, that's not so bad. Like Steven Summers is not like, doesn't have the best, uh, track record when it comes to visual effects. I mean, I think everyone talks about, uh, Mummy Returns quite a bit. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that there aren't times when it does when it looks pretty solid, and there are, yeah, for sure. No, so I, I'll definitely say that I was rarely taken out of the movie because of that stuff because I was able to play like okay, and actually, there's a lot of effects today that are like, like 
in other movies, I mean, mm. that are just kind of like, ooh. I think I think it's just like your mileage varies differently too. Yeah, for, no, absolutely. But I I also I, I think the look of the movie is really solid. Obviously, um, I again, I think the other cool thing too is that the movie opens with a black and white sequence and sort of as a nice homage to like a universe like a Universal monster movie, um, mm-hmm. which is definitely appreciated. And it's actually funny because they were originally going to have like the OG logo, like the OG Universal logo with like the the plane going around the planet, um, but they did not do that. Uh, they did it for the London assignment, though. They did have like no. The- it's sorry. Um, I say it's funny because like I think they did that for didn't they do that for Wolfman when they remade that? I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. I remember. I just remember they had like one of the old school. You know, I don't know if it was like the plain one, but it might have been the like a different one. Mm-hmm. But it's funny. It's funny that you th- that you mentioned that. It's like I think they did that later on. But like I, I think the like is it the bride design is great. Uh, the werewolf design is always a hard thing, honestly, because when you have America Werewolf in London and like the Wolfman, especially like two extremely great werewolf designs. Where do you go? And I think the, the idea of like the beast coming from within and you're like ripping off your skin, like digital in concept, it's a pretty nifty thing. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. always look the best again. Um, but I think you and I would both agree. One of the be- the big triumphs of this movie is the, the Frankenstein's monster design, which is absolutely yes. incredible. Now listen, like that Jack Pierce makeup, is absolutely iconic and it was amazing, amazing work even today. But it's just cool that they were able to pay homage to that. Like he's got the flat top, he's got bolts, but you really do feel like this is, this is like a, like a walking bloated corpse. And I think that's, I think that's what's most appropriate. Cause that's always been one of my pet peeves with a lot of Frankenstein designs is that none of them ever seem to look like an amalgamation of people, mm-hmm. which is like, cause that's always what it's, he's billed as he's, a combination of seven different people. Yes. You know, and I think, I mean, obviously the Karloff design gets a pass because it's iconic. It set the, it set the standard as years have gone on. You know, we've had so many different, we've had so many different interpretations of all these characters truly. Yes. Um, and so there's definitely that unfortunate, like, fuck, what are we going to do? I think, um, with with Dracula, I think they did a solid job, and I think it helps that Richard Roxborough just understood the assignment, without a doubt. And I love I love this sort of like marching band like coat that he has on. Yeah. Um, yes. And I love that he has like longer hair, and when he turns into the bat, I thought that looked really cool. And I I almost love that like the clothes are kind of part of that, weirdly enough, which is it's kind of a fun uh, add on. Um, and and and. He doesn't just turn into like a bat. He turns into like a bat creature, which is pretty cool. Um, Frankenstein, I thought, was really well designed, and obviously, I was happy that they went with makeup. Mm-hmm. You know, like not everything needed to be CG, and I'm glad that he was not CG. And uh, the sort of operatic performance um, lended itself really well, as, as like because like obviously this is like a really grotesque interpretation of the character but like he doesn't come off like a monster and i think that's what i liked as well because frankenstein's monster like is never really one of those characters that you look at and you're like oh he's evil like he's vengeful in some interpretations and understandably so yeah but he's he's just trying to live under his weird circumstances that he finds himself in um, and then with the Wolfman, like like you were saying, like same thing. There's especially from Universal with 
those two those two films it's like fuck what are we gonna do mm-hmm. and i do i did i did th- i did like the the skin tearing thing i thought that was kind of a nice uh a nice way to do it it was it was pretty clever and then they did it again in trick-or-treat which i thought was kind of fun but mm. their approach was more like well they're like strippers <laughs> so it's kind of like a sexualness to it oddly enough right um uh which sounds weird to think oh sexual skin ripping <laughs> but speak but speaking of like the whole design thing i think the design the aesthetic the overall like production design the sets are great there's miniature work for dracula's castle in mm-hmm. this also, I know we're talking a lot about the CG, but there are practical things here and there, like miniatures, mm-hmm. you know, and again, I think it makes you think of the Phantom Menace. Um, Isn't there matte paintings as well? Matte paintings um, as well. They might be digital matte paintings, but there there are matte paintings in this. Um, but it also makes you think of like, a fan, again, Phantom Menace, because Phantom Menace, yeah, there's a lot of CG in it, but guess what film has more miniature work than any other Star Wars film up to that point? The Phantom Menace. Menace. So, like, it, it's still very much part of that identity, and I think it helps um, in a lot of areas. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other things. Um, now, let's talk about our... our like, I think the performances is kind of an interesting thing, because you were talking, when we were watching this, you were talking about The Mummy and the big difference between this and The Mummy. Uh, yeah. When you think about um, The Mummy, you think about the chemistry with your leads, and how magnetic it is, how charismatic it is, and how much fun. Like, because people are always like, oh, the mummy is just, like, its own sexuality kind of thing. Yeah, you know? like, like Rick and Evie are my are my uh, sexuality, basically. Yes. You see that a lot. Yeah. Um, the And, again, Hugh Jackman, immensely talented dude. And so is Kate Beckinsale. And, and listen, I, I'm just going to say, like, as a kid, I definitely had a crush on Kate Beckinsale watching this movie. Who uh, didn't? We, in the who didn't, right? You know, and I didn't unless, see the unless, underworld. Unless girls weren't your thing, who didn't? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, but they don't, and I think they're fine in the movie. I think they're fine on their own, but it feels like they're in two different movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, uh, it, it's, so it kind of is like, I'm sad that she dies at the end, spoiler alert, but it's like, it, she's not really the romantic, like, doesn't pl- like they try to do it but she's not yeah really that same thing but you know it's 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 what think, it is i think i think as far as the performances are concerned it, it at least for me it's kind of a mixed bag because like on one hand you have like the vampires you have the brides and you have dracula i think all of them are even though i think the women in the film aren't really well written or utilized very well personally if i had to be honest um when they do get to do stuff, they're great. Um, yes, and yes. I, I love the sort of over over the top, like dramatic, like craziness. Especially the scene when Dracula is like having a panic attack because uh, one of his brides just got killed, and they're all like, oh, 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 "I am, oh no!" And the I the best is like, "Have you no heart? No, no, I have no heart." I, I feel no love, no fear, <laughs> no joy, no sorrow. <laughs> I am. Oh no! 
he's he's so great. He knows what movie he's in. And we talked about uh, yes. Schiller Hensley um, in this movie. I think, <laughs> I think once once there's an over the topness to it, that's when I think it works the best because there's obviously a heightened reality to the whole thing. Yeah. And so when you're matching that, then that's when I think the performances work really well. Um, I think like what it, like the brides. Uh, Roxborough and and uh, Shuler Hensley, I think, by far are my favorite in the whole film. I think they all do a really good job. Um, what's the actor that plays Valken? What's his name? Will Kemp, um, who is a dancer. Will Kemp, uh, who is a dancer. He, I think he he does really like like he doesn't get a lot to do in the movie because like, but most of what he does works really because he's he's a very physical performance because again he's a dancer. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so I think I, I think. I think that worked very well in his favor in, in the transformation scenes, especially because they wanted that sort of operatic feel to it. And I, so, I, I guess, I guess what I'm leaning to is that for me, I think everything around our sort of three central characters—Carl, Van Helsing, and Anna—work fairly well, and sometimes really well. But then when we get to the three central characters, it's like it's sort of like some things work and some things don't. Yeah for me I agree. like like i look i look at and i said this to you when we were watching it like i look at carl like obviously I, this was my first time seeing david wenham i loved i loved him as as a kid right and then as time has gone on i've seen david wenham and like so many things and he's never as he's never carl again <laughs> like he's never that character like if you see david wenham in anything it's either uh faramir in lord of the rings films or you probably know him as the narrator from 300 or um, maybe if you were that weird person that happened to like Iron Fist, you know him from there. I don't know. I'm not going to judge you. <laughs> he was in one of the pi- he was in uh, Pirates Five as well. Oh yeah, he was he was in Pirates Five. Ah oh, wow, <laughs> I forgot about that actually. But like the point is like he plays such serious roles so that when I get back to see him as Carl. I can't help but see him in all these, like, because his face is always serious. Like, he, it kind of works that his face is sort of a serious face. So when he plays such a silly character, it's sort of, it's sort of ruined now. <laughs> I'm like, no! <laughs> David Wenham, bulge your eyes out a little bit or something. But, like, they do magnify his eyes a couple of times. I'm like, okay. Yeah, uh, but I still like love that, Carl. The... So I'll... Yeah, yeah Carl's it's, great. Like, I, I also... I... Bef- yeah. Sorry. If, did did you want to say something? No, no, go, no. Go ahead. Um, all right. So, so like Carl, like I still love that character, but I think it's just ruined a little bit now, just because I just know David Wenham better. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I think my issue with Anna is that I think it's not Kate Beckinsale. I think Kate Beckinsale does a great job. I think the problem I have is the writing, because clearly yeah. they want. They want that character to be sort of like a like a like a adventure like have some like a, like a tragic hero sort of thing. She's got a sword. She's badass, but like you can't it can't seem to break away from that you know. And it's it's you can say it's of the times, and I would understand that. But like the sort of male understanding of well, she has to be saved mm-hmm. all the time. The right. first shot we ever see of Anna is her butt. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, and like. Like there's times like she's she comes off like she's an absolute badass, but uh, and she has that great moment at the end of the movie where she you know is the one that like beats one of the brides. Though again, the majority of the time she's getting saved by someone. 
right. Helsing or Frankenstein's monster. And it's just, it's this constant contradiction in the writing of this character to, to make her seem like she's confident and a badass, but yet she's constantly finding herself in situations where she needs saving to the point where by the end of the movie, she's killed. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, you don't feel anything other than, well, there you go. Nice job, writers. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of a bummer, admittedly, with that character. And I wish, I wish, cause like, I wish there was just more of like a balance or something better. I don't know. But I think Kate Beckinsale yeah. did the, did the best she could with that material. And, um, and then Hugh Jackman, I mean, he's, he's an action figure in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like, Mm-hmm. Like he's he's badass. He he's got great one liners. Uh, I think he lacks a bit of the charm that maybe I would want him to have. But I think he he serve like I think that's the main thing is that each of these characters are serviceable. But I wish there was more, or I wish there was more of a yeah connection that I don't get. But that's just me. Yeah, no, I I agree with like basically ninety five percent of what you said. Like, mm-hmm. in some ways, though, I'm glad Van Helsing himself is not another, like, Rick O'Connell type. Because I do, no. like... I just wish... Okay, here's the other big thing. Obviously, Hugh Jackman's in this because, oh, man, he's Wolverine. He's a big star, right? And big money. Yeah. What's, what's Wolverine like? Okay, he's badass, but also he has amnesia. So we're going to incorporate that into <laughs> our story. And they don't really... Like, in the, what's cool in the X-Men movies, you get, like, weird, like, disturbing flashbacks... Um, for when Wolverine, like back in the day or whatever, you don't really get that here yeah. so much. It's like more, and that's one of the big disappointment, especially because as somebody who loves this movie and loved it as a kid, never got a sequel, mm-hmm. you know, so we never really got to develop, um, that end of it. And I feel like that would have gone a long way to, um, uh, to making him a more compelling, uh, character. I do want to talk about I yeah. think some of the action bits. I mean, I, don't, I know you were saying there's not, like, a lot that's memorable, but I think there's some, like, striking scenes. I think the masquerade ball scene, overall, I think is the best scene in the movie, um, where all yeah. the vampires are there, and um, and Kate Beckinsale is there, too, and you see the shot of her dancing, but, the, like, the vampires don't cast a reflection, so it's just her Don't we make a lovely couple? <laughs> uh, and when Carl's able to finally use, like, that weird weapon that has the power of the sun... <laughs> The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Broil, I heard of charging wildebeest. Use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, there's, listen, there's a lot of, there's things I still genuinely like about the movie. And I think there's, I think that particular scene, I think is a lot of fun. Like a lot of the costumes are great. And um, it's, I think as far as like set pieces go, I think that one's probably the best one. I think the opening um, scene I is love, another highlight. Um, the well. the opening scene is great. Like, I think the opening scene does like do a lot to like get you hyped for what's yeah. to come. Because mm-hmm. it's like, <gasps> yes. Um, I, don't know, I think the I think the ultimate thing with this movie for me is that I think as time has gone on, it's sort of soured a bit. Like it's milk mm-hmm. left out of the fridge too long a bit, sort of for me. Mm-hmm. And I. I still, I still feel a lot of love for this movie, and I don't want it to end. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think this is. I'm not expecting it to be the Mummy, though. There is definitely aspects of it that you can't help but look and be like, Stephen Summers was trying to replicate the same kind right. of success that he had mm-hmm. with the Mummy. Um, 
but and I don't know. It's it's such a it's such a weird thing because like I have still I have still so much nostalgia for this movie, but there is so much about it that I can't help but be like, oh no. <laughs> I, and, and I definitely I definitely see that. Um, mm-hmm. I also just feel like Steven Summers' attitude on this movie. I feel like I I think that's one of the things I've enjoyed because I was watching some of the bonus features and it's clear that he's having a good time. I'm thinking back to like the mm-hmm. Thor: Love and Thunder press tour stuff. And that's a movie I like, and I like Taika mm-hmm. Watiti's work. But it was just kind of like, it just it just rubbed me off the wrong way when he was like, yeah, talking about like the artists and stuff. And like, I guess like I look at this movie too, and I'm like, yeah, some of, there's a lot of stuff that's just dated, but I'm also like, there's still a lot of stuff that's good. And I feel like in a weird way, maybe people were treated better because <laughs> at least also there were production design, actual production design things on this movie. Whereas yeah. now, now a lot of th- everything's like a digital, like that's why Andor, half of the reason I love it, there's a goddamn city that they built. There's a whole village. They built a village. They built something that's acres large for one television show. Whereas now it's like, look at our LED screens. Sorry, I, I don't mean to sound. And there's a lot of movies I like. It's it's, it's just, understandable. That, that kept though. coming into my it, it kept coming it, into my head though. Like, yeah, it's it's understandable though because like I look at this movie compared. I mean, I don't really like comparing things here. Like, uh, everything has its own feeling for me. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you can't help but look at this movie and think of the way movies are made today. And it's like, you do miss it. Like, because, like, right. Hugh Jackman's got this whole outfit. He's got this long coat, this really cool hat, all these gadgets, actual fucking shit. Like, he's holding yep. in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, everything else, it just seems like, you know... And I understand, like, it's just easier, like, it's probably more cost-effective in some cases to not have this or that, but it's just nice when there's a tangibility to things. And, like, you were talking about, like, like, and I, I completely agree with that statement, like, when, regardless of what the movie, the outcome of the movie is, you, you can't help but respect it when there's a lot of fun had on the set, and when you clearly know that people involved with the project, because even... In instances where you're watching a movie where everyone making it is having great time, they all want to make the best movie they can. Um, even if the movie doesn't turn out great, you still can't help but be like, you know, what? at least I had fun. You yeah, know, like, like I think of like oddly enough, uh, I think of Dark Shadows in that regard because like that movie, you can get it's it's up and down. Obviously, you can you know it's not the best movie ever, but when you watch the bonus features, like everybody involved with that project is having the best time of their life ava green michelle uh michelle pfeiffer they're all like i don't think i've had more fun making a movie than i have just making this weird vampire movie and like yeah the movie's not great but you can't help but be like you know at least i had fun yeah yeah i I think that's just ultimately my feeling on some of some of this but (laughs) i want to go to a few things about like the um oh the alan silvestri score by the way which i was humming earlier it is good it's it is a very good. It's a great score. Um, it, it quite quite epic. Um, but anyway, I was also thinking about um, what was I thinking about? Oh, well, again, Abbott Costell me Frankenstein, which this movie feels like a loose remake of because Dracula needs the Frankenstein monster for some nefarious purpose. The Wolfman has to kill Dracula, and 
guess who ends up being uh, the final Wolfman? Because there's three Wolfmen. You That's got true. The, the gray-haired Wolfman in uh, the the sort of introduction scene of the Valerius kids, and then you get uh, Velkin as the sort of more prominent Wolfman, but then he bites somebody. And who does he bite? Wolverine! I wish I had a figure of that um wolfman on of hugh jackman's wolfman that was I, that's my favorite of the wolfman honestly because uh, i think that's I mean, the best obviously design. if you were going to say any if you were like, like the silver one at the beginning i would be like we're you done shut up show. we're done with the show you shut up <laughs> <laughs> you, sh- you shut your face <laughs> um, no, that is by far the best looking wolfman dude the best shot though is when he's fighting dracula and he's staring at dracula and he scratches his claws and he's, it's, it's almost like a, almost looks like a 3D shot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that's the most Wolverine he gets in the whole movie. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's also really funny, too, because this movie is overtly religious because th- uh, Kate Beckinsale goes to heaven. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale turns into Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Lion King remake I want. <laughs> that, there you go. Just... Because I, I do remember when that scene came up, I, I just started going, Simba. <laughs> Gabriel, remember who you are. <laughs> I think definitely, like, because, again, I was a kid when I saw this, and I was, you know, my, my, my brain was a different place. But I'm, like, thinking, like, as a, as a kid who was raised Catholic, I'm like, oh, wow. Ain't that heaven. nice? She went heaven. to heaven with the family. The family. That's a, <laughs> you know. Well, um, well even, even just leading into that, like, because we learn a lot about uh, Van Helsing's past. Yes. And it turns out he's he's the left hand of God. So God's a lefty. <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought? <laughs> I don't even know if that joke works. Because I don't think God... It, it wouldn't make sense... Because nuns punish people for being lefties, or at least back in the day they did. You know, that's just that's just tracks then, because <laughs> I feel like someone gets punished for something. <laughs> anyway, continue continue your thought. But- <laughs> it's just funny, it's funny. A left hand of God. So basically, what we learned as far as Gabriel, because as we mentioned, um, Van Helsing has amnesia. And when he goes to Transylvania, um, that's where he starts to learn more about himself. More specifically, what he learns is that he apparently was buddies with Dracula. Mm-hmm. And it turns out... Um, uh, are they related? I don't remember. But I, I think they're just friends. It's it's, it's something, you know. Because <laughs> like, cause like Dracula's whole story in, in, in the film is that he is the the child of Anna and Velkin's ancestor. Valerius the Elder. Yes. Um, And so, like, he uh, gets killed by a a vague reference to the left hand of God. And um, he makes a pact with the devil. Sorry, which is the angel Gabriel, which is why Mm -hmm. he's Gabriel. But anyway. He's Gabriel Van Helsing. So... (laughs) Then, like, he makes a pact with the devil to uh, get eternal life, but something like that. I forget, honestly, the whole thing, but there's a whole thing. Yeah. But, like, it turns out um, that uh, 
Van Helsing is basically the angel Gabriel, aka the left hand of God, and he's the one that kills Dracula to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so Dracula, because like I love, I do love that scene when they first meet up. I think that's a great scene actually between the yes. two of them. I think yeah, they're they're fantastic there. You you could tell a lot of you could tell a lot by you could tell the character of a man by the sound of his heartbeat. Usually, when I approach, I love that I can almost bounce Richard puts in hundred and ten to the beat on this show. Strange that yours is so steady. <laughs> then there's thunder crack, and then he stabs him, and he's like, "Hello, Gabriel." <laughs> I love no, but I love the cross. Oh, when he, when he when he when he flicks it out like a freaking gadget, mm-hmm. and he and then he shows it, and Dracula's like, <laughs> you could layer audio over that just to make it sound more like the. <laughs> I think I know what the after credits audio. Is. <laughs> and then he's like, perhaps that is a conversation for another time. Um. <laughs> Yes. I've given you a lot yes. to work with here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think the other thing is, I was saying to you this, this too, this movie would not be made today simply because this would not be the first installment. You would have to have just Van Helsing and Dracula, maybe an after credit scene with the Frankenstein monster until you could set it up for a movie that would never happen because Universal just can't make a universe <laughs> with these monsters. To save let's their hope, lives. Let's let's just hope the theme park works out. Because <laughs> listen, that's there's some I, high hope. Listen, there's some high listen, hope for that one. Epic universe. I'm so hyped for for the Universal monster section. It's it's all I've ever wanted. Um. So, so if they crap, if they shit the bed on that one, then Universal, you've lost a customer. You, you definitely. I'm sorry. Especially after you close the Universal Monsters uh, Cafe for something in, in Florida, Ugh. they close that down. Um. But yeah, I mean, both of these movies are just just met are, are are messy, amusing for their own reasons. Uh, crossovers of these really iconic uh, monsters, some great performances here and there, some some fun production design, and uh, a lot of nostalgia, especially on my part. I I am I am more than happy uh, to experience nostal- Joey nostalgia. I just want you to know that. It's, it's I'm always you know, I'm always excited. It's you know it's 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 fun. It's fun, I guess. Um, anyway, it's, it is fun. It is fun. I I think I think I learn a little bit more about you every now and then. It's, it's great. It's great. You know, for as long for as long as I've known you, there's still something I'm there's still something new I get to learn. And uh, not that this is anything I didn't know already, mm-hmm. but it's it's nice because I get to experience something through your eyes. And so like like. When we're watching Abbott and Costello, there's clearly a love for it, and there's clearly like like I I'm I'm having my own experience with it, but like I'm also having fun because I'm watching it with you. Like if I watched it by myself, I probably would have thought much less of it, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. But like, it's it's because like I think that's the most common thing about watching a movie with another person is that there's that shared experience. Like you have yes. your own experience, your own personal experience, but you can't help but have someone else's experience oozing over to you absolutely so like and so i think it's, it's always a good time like i i i definitely am happy that i watch these movies with you as opposed to by myself i, I i'm very happy about that um as well 
folks uh what's your favorite abbott costello movie what's your favorite steven summers um movie and the mummy um oh you're also, not you weren't asking uh, oh sorry that's okay it's fine it's fine <laughs> Somebody could have said Mummy Returns if they wanted to. <laughs> or you know what? Maybe they'll throw a curveball and say the Jungle Book movie he did. It's not bad. It's not bad. I've I've never seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine enough. You know. Um, or what did he do? Huck Huck Finn? Isn't that like uh, Adventures of Huck Finn with uh, little uh, Elijah Wood? I have no idea. I gotta say thank you, Stephen Summers, for directing this movie. It's it was a fun time. You 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 uh you lightened up our childhood. If, if you ever want to appear on this show, let us know. I would be so I'd be so happy if he was on the show. I'd be like, oh, what the oh hell? my gosh! <laughs> like, can anyway, I ask you some questions, please? What's Richard Roxburgh like? <laughs> Is he? Does he smell good? I imagine he smells good. Your <laughs> <laughs> shoulder Hensley on your speed dial. <laughs> we need to ask him where were you for music man is david wenham serious in real life <laughs> did you have to ask him to be funny <laughs> did it did it take all no um <laughs> anyway that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature check us out next week have a good night everyone and happy halloween Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. another thing mr joe denny dan the next time i tell you that i saw something when i saw it you best believe me that i saw it oh relax now that we've seen the last of brian from idaho there's nobody to frighten us anymore oh that's too bad i was hoping to get in on the fun who said that allow, allow me, me to, to introduce, introduce myself i am alexander wacky <laughs> Ha 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 